Magazines and Monsters, episode 49, The Flash of Two Worlds. Hey everybody, Billy D, aka Doc Strange here, back with another recording for the show, and this one is super exciting for two reasons. Number one, I have a brand new guest to the show, somebody I've been looking forward to talking to for quite a while now. And number two, I'm kind of steering away from talking about more uh, kind of crazy comics and talking about something with a, a, a huge significance, especially in the DC multiverse. So uh, everybody, welcome to the show, Javon Stokes. How are you, man? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for having me. Thank you. This is uh, this is interesting. I wasn't. I didn't know you had a podcast. So. <laughs> yeah, I was. I actually guessed it on a few shows, probably about. Oh boy. 11 or 12 years ago at this point. And then I kind of wow. just went into like writing for some websites and blogging and stuff like that. And I think it was around 2018, uh, a buddy of mine and I, uh, he had started a show with another guy and the one guy kind of, you know, for some family reasons and stuff had to bow out after maybe six episodes. And, uh, he and I, uh, then teamed up and put out, I don't know, maybe 30 or 40 some. And, you know, we had a good time with it. And I was always in the background kind of starting my own thing as well. And yeah, as of right now, I have, uh, my regular show, which is called Magazines and Monsters, you know, which is all about comics and uh, classic sci-fi horror films. And then I started okay. a DC Comics podcast where I talk just about uh, crazy Brave and the Bold issues and okay. <laughs> crazy right. Bob Haney. And then I do a horror comics podcast as well oh, wow. where I talk nothing but horror. So, wow. Yep. Good I stuff, could probably man. guest on every one of those and be able to talk about it. <laughs> oh, that's good stuff, man. I love it. Yeah. Hey. Always looking for people that want to talk about all that fun stuff because I enjoy it. I love horror movies. Um, I love horror movies. Uh, I like sci-fi movies. I'm a movie buff, so. Oh, great. <laughs> That's awesome. Big time. Big time. <laughs> That's fantastic. So, well, you and I, what we're going to talk about here is something really crazy and really cool. And I have read a lot of more seminal kind of works from the 80s and even in mm -hmm. the 70s, but not very much from the Silver Age, and I got my hands on a hardcover, I don't know, within the last couple of years, mm -hmm. and I, I couldn't resist it because it was a story I'd never read, and it was a really nice-looking hardcover. It's very thin. It's only about 150 pages, but it's uh, The Flash of Two Worlds. And, okay. You know, a huge, huge, big story in the, you know, the world of The Flash, and, uh, yeah, it's got like uh, one, two, three, four, five, six stories in it, but the first one is the one that's really important because uh, it's, uh, you know, how DC kind of tied uh, Earth 1 and Earth 2 or the Golden Age to the, you know, Silver Age that they had started up there right, a few years right. earlier. Yeah, so that's something I definitely always wanted to talk about and definitely read, and I'm finally getting around to it many years later. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I know I read it a long time ago. I've mm -hmm. actually probably read it a couple of times. Mm -hmm. But I've, I've, I think I've reached a point where I've read more stories about it than I have actually read the book. It, uh, I'm a big Flash fan. Um, I'm looking at multiple volumes of, of Flash books right now, literally right in front of me. So I, I've been a Flash. I'm, I'm a Wally West guy. So. Oh, cool. Yeah, I loved yeah. Wally on the uh, television show, the animated show. He was great. Yeah, I, I've made it kind of my mission to collect his, his entire run um, on Flash. Yes. Uh, and I'm... Well, the trades. I'm waiting mm -hmm. for them. You know, it's, I, I've, I've kind of transitioned away from from floppies uh, just because it's so hard for me to keep up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. In this and, day and, and age, it is. <laughs> and they just take up so much space in my house. 
and uh, I, I just don't have the room for it. So I'm more of a trades guy. I can put it on my bookshelf. Um, but yeah, the, that that story is very seminal, and it set the tone for literally decades of of decades like decades of DC stories um, mm. to a point where they can't even they can't even get away from it. Mm-hmm. Um, even if they tried. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this. Tr- I'm I'm really glad I actually bought this version of uh, the the collection because that was a really cool introduction by uh, Jeff Johns, who we know he's like one of the yep. big modern brains of comics. You know, in the last probably what twenty years, I guess. You know, he's he's one of the big guns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then there's a, a foreword as well by uh, somebody else that's been around and been involved in comics for a long time, uh, Paul Levitz. So that yes, was really yep. cool. Yeah, I was really glad I, actually I got met it. him. Oh, cool. He seems like yeah. a really nice guy. I met him a while back. He was a nice guy. Yeah. Nice guy. Every time I see him post on some kind of social media, he's always a super pleasant guy. So I'm pretty yeah. sure he doesn't remember me, but I know. <laughs> I mean, yeah. You meet so many people at these comic cons. Um, and, and, you know, the, especially now when you have to wear a mask or you don't have to wear a mask, but I choose to wear a mask. Yeah. So people will they'll know my name before they know my face. Yeah, which is which is crazy when I think about it. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, good guy. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, I'm 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 always interested because and I can't remember the writer on the story. Uh, but I'm always interested why they chose to do like a dimensional thing as opposed to just being like this flash existed before and this one exists now. Um. Mm-hmm. And and why DC chose to lean into it so hard? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, yeah, this one is a uh, Flash one twenty three uh, cover date right. September nineteen sixty one, and it was uh, written by Gardner Fox, who was you know we know Thank was, you. yeah huge uh, you know brain behind the Justice League and yep, a lot yep. of uh, you know Silver Age, late Golden Age, early Silver Age stuff. He's he had his hands in uh, plenty of uh, characters and he's, stuff he's like that. He's pretty much the architect for DC Silver Age when you think about it. Um, right. Mm-hmm. Between between the Flash and uh, Justice League, and I believe did he ever run on Batman? I think he Superman. ran. Yeah, yeah, he wrote a few Batman stories as well. Yeah. Yeah, he had a run on a few books, and he kind of set the table for what guys like Wade and Jeff Johns. Um, they, they've eaten, they ate from that table for quite a while. Um, those two, especially when it comes to the flash. Yeah. And the artwork, I just love it too. You know, the cover and the interior is, uh, Carmine Infantino and Murphy Anderson. So those are two guys, uh, I'm sorry. The cover is with Murphy Anderson inks. The interior is Joe Giella. Right. Um, but yeah, great stuff. Really good stuff. I mean, that to me is really why I love this comic. It's kind of crazy, and it's a Silver Age comic, and you can tell that when you read it, because <laughs> I have uh, Flash Volume 1, uh, the Silver Age, from the, the first appearance uh, in 1956, and mm-hmm. uh, a lot of the stories, like, I can read a couple at a shot, but I don't ever try to read more than one or two at a shot, just just because they are very... Uh, Rough. Yeah, to get to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, it's not just that, that they're bad. It's just they're such a product of their time. And mm-hmm. it's so hard to, like, modernize it in your head, <laughs> mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. So it's mm-hmm. like, I read it once. Good for me. I don't need to go back to it. 
Yeah, it's 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 tough for me to go through a lot of the time just because too it's it's kind of the same thing over and over again. It's like the villain of the week, and then every issue. Uh, uh, it's funny. Barry is uh, getting into trouble with his girlfriend Iris yeah. because he's the fastest man alive, but he's running mm-hmm. late all the time mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. he's getting into shenanigans with villains, and he was supposed to meet up with her, and she's kind of pissed about it. <laughs> you know, you know what's crazy? I've never. And this is gonna. This might be ten. This might get on a tangent, but I've never been a Barry Allen guy. I thought Barry Allen, and I like I said, I've read some a lot of the same books you read. Didn't really have a personality to me, um, and that's why I never liked the Flash until Wally was the Flash. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and, he, I, I know. You that's know, a, now yeah. they've 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 kind of taken some of the things that Wally, the, the things that made Wally special and kind of given them the berry, which is interesting. Yeah. I, I like uh, Jay Garrett quite a bit because I'm a big fan of like all-star squadron and JSA. Okay. Yep, so yep. I, I do like him quite a bit, but yeah, yeah. Barry. And this is a criticism levied against, you know, the early justice league as well, uh, that they're kind of just like cardboard cutouts, you know, they, yeah. none of them really have a personality, a distinct personality. I mean, he so. was, he was he was better he was better dead than <laughs> alive like he had like they did you know a lot of these writers uh Mesner Loeb, uh Mark Wade Jeff Johns um a lot of these guys did such a great job of making him a person while he was gone it was almost like you didn't need him to come back but i know mm-hmm. you know he was a he's a pet love of of Jeff Johns and he had to bring him back <laughs> that's great <laughs> yeah this is i mean it won a ton of awards that that year 1961 oh best yeah cover, yeah yeah best cover best single issue best story it won all those awards that year and rightly so it was you know pretty good comic book but yeah so what do you think of this cover here by carmine infantino and murphy anderson well it's it's actually one of the most homaged uh mm-hmm. covers like of all time um you know, like I can't. I mean, I can't even count how many times I've seen people, you know, do a copy of it. I like the symmetry mm-hmm. of it, but yeah. And maybe I'm the only one that ever looked at it this way. The the girder that's falling over them, it's mm-hmm. not falling straight down. It's actually leaned towards the current flash. Yeah. So in my mind, it's always been like the girder, and and I don't know if he actually did this. But it's always been in my mind, like the girder pointing towards our flash so that, you know, this is our flash. And that's the that's the outsider. (laughs) That's silly. It's always been that I've always looked at it that way. But it's probably my mind doing things. (laughs) Yeah, it almost looks like it's swinging instead of just falling straight down. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's a really nice. Like that guy could get out the way if he just took like one step (laughs) to the right. Like just, just, you know, stop looking up and just take a step. But I I do love the symmetry of it. Um, the the colors all I I like silver age vibrant colors. Um, I know we're in an age of muted colors and you know everything is you know muddy. But I I like the vibrant colors of the Silver Age. I do, which is why I do the same thing in my book. So um, I, I I love the cover. I love when it's homage. I love I love when it's homage inside comics, um, which is done a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, oh yeah. But it's 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 a beautiful cover, and the it's such it's very emblematic of the Silver Age, and you know you have the 
you know, the the huge uh, uh, logo, and then you have, you know, talking balloons, and then you even have the little blurb telling you what's going on, and a lot of those things kind of kind of fallen by the wayside of modern comics. So, you know, I always get a little nostalgic tingle when I see them. Yeah, yeah, for sure. An, an iconic cover, uh, if there ever was one, right? <laughs> top 10. It, 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 top 10, maybe top 5. Like, I, I'm trying to think of, like... But yeah, like, when you think of, like, iconic covers... Like, Flash has a few, when I think about it. His uh, Silver Age introduction is pretty iconic. Mm-hmm. Um, this Flash of Two Worlds is pretty is very iconic. Um, yeah. He's got a couple. If I, you know, if I think long enough, I can probably come up with... Even Wally's first one is, is pretty iconic. Yeah. I think over the years, especially the Flash, he's really... For a lot of his, you know, comic book uh, existence, he's had a lot of really great creators, you know, especially artists, you know, behind oh, them. Absolutely. absolutely. Um, so, this long list. yeah, so yeah, a little featuring the Flash of Two Worlds, a spectacular story that is sure to become a classic. And it did, you know, that wasn't just hyperbole. <laughs> so, all right, well, if you're ready here, I'll just jump right into a quick little synopsis and then we'll dive into the story. What do you think? Yeah, no problem. Let's do it. Okay, so Barry Allen appears at the community center in Central City to perform for kids and during one of his amazing tricks is mysteriously transported to Keystone City, a place that he recalls that the original Flash once lived. The two meet and Barry surmises that Jay lives on a parallel Earth, one that evidently Earth One writer Gardner Fox tuned in on when he wrote the adventures of the Flash in the 1940s. Jay tells Barry that a crime wave has hit Keystone City and asks Barry for his help. So, yeah, pretty simple plot here. But, you know, the, the most important thing is, you know, the, the the traveling between the dimensions here, right? Right. Yeah, we get, you know, Earth 1, Earth 2 kind of connected here. And, you know, Wally, or I'm sorry, here I go saying Wally. Uh, Barry <laughs> kind of says about, you know, to uh, Jay that, you know, I read about you in comic books written by a guy named Gardner Fox. He even name drops <laughs> him in this story here. And he's like, yeah, I think, you know, when I vibrated at a certain frequency, I uh, I, I went to a different earth. That's, you know, kind of like a, a pretty good copy, right? Yeah, I think it's a really good, I think it's a really interesting way to kind of, number one, explain why, you know, this other character would be named the Flash when there was already a Flash. Nice little way to like tie them together. Um, especially like the, and then, you know, I'm sure Gardner loved throwing himself in there. Uh, you know, he gets to be a part of DC lore, but yeah, I think it's a really interesting way of, of dealing with it. And it's very quaint. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's uh, it's, it's really good. I mean, I do like in the beginning here that, uh, Gardner Fox who had been writing the flash, you know, like I said, he kind of always has this trope of, uh, he's Barry's running late and Iris is mad at him. And that happens here in the beginning, but he's like, Oh, sorry for being late. And she's like, Oh, I'm not, I don't give a crap that you're late. I was worried about the magician. <laughs> so there's a li- little bit of a swerve there, which I kind of like by Fox. I thought, oh, maybe he was getting some fan mail saying like, hey man, come on, like stop with the nonsense of him being late all the time and her being mad at him. <laughs> well, you can tell that a lot of the writers, especially in the Silver Age, treated every book as if it was somebody's first. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, like it was almost like a mandate. Like pretend like the people who read last month aren't reading it anymore and then then there's a new wave of people coming in so you'd see you know i I mean they did the same thing with superman and lois lane um Mm -hmm. 
they did the same thing. They would repeat the same tropes over and over and over again. But it was more like, hey, you don't know if the next one is done by somebody new. Um, and I mean, isn't that something that's done as much anymore? You know, comics have matured a bit. But it's always, you know, nice and to it's almost like a warm blanket when you mm-hmm. read these stories and you kind of, oh, man, I remember. And then you kind of feel good. Mind you, I yeah. was not alive when this book came out. I didn't <laughs> read it when I was young. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me neither. <laughs> but yeah, I got to admit, too, you were saying, too, man, the artwork is really good. And not only that, the colors, they really pop like for a comic from 1961. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Like I said, they 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 you know, especially flash books. Flash books are always have always been like very colorful and very, you know, not saturated, but like the colors pop, you know, very mm-hmm. blonde hair, you know. The I'm looking at one of the pages right now, you know, their the interior is like green. Like mm-hmm. I don't know who's got that green in their house, but it doesn't matter because it's it's there <laughs> to pop, you know. Yeah. I, I like, too, how they kind of, you know, show both of their origins again, which is great, too. Because, like I said, hey, maybe this was somebody's first comic. So, hey, now you know what the two of them, how they both got their powers, which is cool, too. Yes. Yeah. I mean, Jay, Jay Garrick's origin has always been a bit weird to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, don't think too hard about this. Uh, we're just going <laughs> to keep it moving. But uh, they're all it, it's it's OK that they're a product of their times. Mm-hmm. You know, because like I said, if you're reading these books now, you're you know, you can't read them with the men, the modern men, you know, mentality. You kind of have to transport yourself back to mm-hmm. you know a simpler time, a simpler uh, time in storytelling. Yeah. And I always love to when they draw the clothing people <laughs> hat on to it. It's always a, I always get a good chuckle out of that because some of the outfits are, you know, kind of trippy. You always think, yeah, this would be like my grandparents were wearing these. <laughs> Yeah, he's got the uh, the bow tie, you know. <laughs> uh, Barry, his, his haircut kind of changes from panel to panel. Like one minute it looks like he's got the crew cut, the next minute he's got something going on here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jay, it, you know, Jay has been relatively consistent in how he's looked, you know, mm-hmm. forever. Like looking at these pages, like they, he's been on model. I got to give you know Flash artist credit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then too, I I do enjoy that he also shows them how his ring works, how his costume is folded up in this tiny little ring and pops out, and he just zips right into it right in front of them. <laughs> yeah, that's one of the sillier uh, things about the Flash. <laughs> that's okay, because the Flash is supposed to be about big, crazy, uh, impossible science. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I like it that he's over the top, and then Jay just opens up his closet and he's just like, "Well, yeah, here's my uniform." <laughs> You're changing in the back room. Yeah. Let me know when you're done. Yeah, he does make mention that he's, you know, been keeping himself in shape so he can still fit into it. <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. <laughs> I also do like too in the a lot in the Silver Age too, they would do uh things in chapters. So it's like chapter one and it shows everything we've talked about so far, and then the two of them agreeing to team up because there are three villains that have broken out of jail and are causing some havoc in uh, Keystone City here and uh, I have to admit, too, uh, chapter two starts off with these three villains, and the only villain of the three I actually know of is the Shade, and yep. that's mostly because of, uh, again, animation. I, I I remember seeing them on animated shows. Really? What, what are the other two villains? Uh, the other two guys are The Thinker, who yep, I, I, I know the thinker. Yeah, yeah, I do not know him, and another guy called The Fiddler. Really? Um, you don't know The Fiddler? 
No, and I was oh, yeah. reading up on him that, you know, I, I've seen musical-based characters before and that they kind of used his character as a template to make a couple other characters for, like, animation and some other comics as well. So I was like, okay. Yeah, I've heard the Fiddler. This is I, I tell people all the time, um, when you think about useless uh, superpowers, my superpowers, I remember everything I've ever read in comics. Um, so I know the fiddler, uh, I know the thinker thinker was actually on the TV show. No, was he? Okay. Yeah. He was a bad guy on the TV show. Oh, that's wild. Yeah. He, I mean, he basically in this has a power of, he's almost like a a professor Xavier from the X-Men where he has this like kind of brain power, but it's uh, with the use of a device he puts on his head. Yeah. He's got the helmet, the the Mm -hmm. thinker helmet. Yeah. There's actually a really great, um, comic book by uh grant morrison and mark miller mm-hmm. um uh they wrote this issue of the flash i can't remember the name of it but i'm looking at the book where it's in um and you know the thinker is on his deathbed and you know he's you know he's talking to uh, jay and he's trying to get jay to you know uh do these feats or something like I can't even I, I've, I've read the book but it's a really great story and it ends with like him oh looking for his helmet he was trying to get Jay to look, find his helmet mm-hmm. um, to save his life uh and then it was it's a really good story but you know it, I, like I said I've read the flash enough to know all these peculiar villains that they roll through <laughs> yeah it's great I mean I was actually waiting for both of them to you know they kind of split up and Jay goes after the thinker and uh, Barry goes after uh, the shade. And I was thinking, oh, they're just going to, you know, take both of them out and then, you know, team up to go get the fiddler. But they actually both get, you know, beat here <laughs> by the villains uh, pretty easily, too. And I was like, wow, I was not expecting that at all. And then, of course, they kind of go back to the the Jay Garrick residence there to uh, uh, wallow in their sorrows for a bit and then try to make a game plan to, uh, you know go back at him. So I thought that was pretty cool. I mean, you know, it's like all these, these books, um, I, I, they're very simple, but they actually, you know, you got to give them credit. You know, they were just, they were on, they were just flying by the seat of their pants, you know, the writers and mm-hmm. the artists, you know, there's, there, I, I know for a fact there wasn't much structure outside of, you know, kids read these. So keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it must've been nice to have the freedom to just do stories and not have to worry about, you know, the fans going crazy and, and, and yeah, yeah, like they didn't, they didn't have to worry about any of that. You know, it's just, yeah, you know, like, hey, I want to do this Flash story, boom, 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 and you know, it's, it must have been nice. There must have been a nice freedom to that. Yeah, they didn't really worry about you know continuity or anything like that back then. They just was you know month to month writing whatever story they felt like writing, which like I said, that feels nice. Brought a lot of freedom to that. Oh yeah, they don't have to have an encyclopedic. They they counter they they contradict themselves. You know they, you know one minute Superman is the strongest human being on the planet. The next minute he's, you know being beaten by Lois Lane with superpowers. I don't know. Like they just <laughs> it's just whatever. And they just th- threw stuff at the wall. And it's a type of writing that you could not do today. Um, maybe some writers could do it. Uh, uh, maybe some, but mm-hmm. not many. You know, there's not you don't get that much freedom unless you're an independent uh, creator. Yeah, I do like, too, how uh, Chapter 3 starts out here with the Fiddler. And he's uh, 
on his car, which looks like a giant fiddle on wheels. It's great. (laughs) (laughs) I really like that visual. That looks really cool. That's about Silver Age right there. Uh Giant typewriters, your giant pianos, your giant (laughs) silver dollars for Two-Face. Everything is huge. Yeah, it's great. And then they're actually, you know, uh, on page uh, 20, uh, story page 20 here, it is uh, the, the panel on the bottom of it. You know, is actually the the cover uh, shot there where the two of them are running towards the guy. So I'll, you know, give them kudos for that because a lot of times there was some, you know, severe bait and switches with covers back in the day. <laughs> hey, I bait and switch from my own covers. So I, I <laughs> I, I, I'm not gonna. I'm I, I'm gonna keep quiet on that. Uh, I, no. I, I I bait and switch all the time. Hey, listen. No finger pointing, huh? Oh, uh, listen, man. I can't tell you how many covers you see people with a superhero dead or something. Like superheroes dying on every color, uh, on every cover. So mm-hmm. it's a different time. Yeah, as a but, caption but, box. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. But I was just going to say, but that's the type of cover that you can do in the book. You know, mm-hmm. like yeah. that's the kind that that he. I wonder. I kind of wonder if he drew the book and did that panel and said, "That's a great, you know, cover," and just repurposed it into the cover. Yeah, it's it's very very nice, but very very similar. Yeah, so but I love uh, there's a, a caption box that reads, "As the fiddler moves through Keystone City on his way to the museum, his fiddler car, or I'm sorry, his fiddle car under automatic controls, automatic. the eerie music, the eerie music from his Stradivarius causes odd accidents to happen ahead of him." <laughs> hey, automatic. That was the, the height of technology back then. Yeah, he had a he had a Tesla technology before anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Tesla. Yeah. Mm, fiddle car, though. Yeah, fiddle that's car. awesome. That's Every, great, everything but... had a car. Everybody had a car back then. Oh, yeah. Green yeah, Arrow everybody. had a car. He had mm-hmm. an arrow car. Yeah, Green Arrow. Heck, he had a car and a cave, I think. Oh, too. the arrow just, cave. Oh. Just like Batman. <laughs> they were just they were just heaping on all the Batman stereotypes there before mm. they became a stereotype, which was mm. <laughs> interesting when you think about it. But they, but you know, when I think about the Silver Age books, a, a lot of them kind of started taking cues from Batman. Sure. Yeah. Hideaway, you know, mm-hmm. you know, cars, everything. Flash was maybe one of the few characters that absolutely didn't. Yeah. There's nothing yeah, about right. the Flash that's Batman-like outside of, you know, he has, well, he has a rogues gallery, but I, and I'd say his is is on par with Batman's. But when it comes to, like, tropes, you know, Flash has never had a secret hideaway or use gadgets outside of maybe the ring. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, they, uh, the two Flashes go to the museum to stop the Fiddler here, and then uh, Shade and the Thinker show up. But uh, they don't they don't all three of them don't prove enough to, you know, stop them because and, and you know, sometimes the, the, the way out was a little corny on these. So what the fiddler's there to rob this uh, museum of these uh, jewels and he starts using his fiddle to kind of uh, hypnotize the two flashes and it works. But then at some point he kind of takes his uh, eyes off of them and then they suddenly don't obey him anymore. And then after the two flashes, you know, uh, take care of all three of the crooks, they say that the, they shoved uh these uh, little gems in their ears so they wouldn't hear the music and get hypnotized. <laughs> I don't know if putting gems in your ear is a great idea, but hey, listen, it works. <laughs> yeah. It, uh, if it works, it works. Yeah, so good stuff. But yeah, then they kind of shake hands and say like, hey, you know, the, you know, Barry's like, I got to get out of here. Time to get back home. And 
he uh, kind of does his little thing where he's like shaking and vibrating there to get back to uh, his uh, Earth One. And he uh, Jay's looking at him and says, so that's how he does it. I must remember this so I can visit his Earth sometime. And... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, interesting hey, set stuff. Him up. Got to set him up for the re- for the sequel. Yeah, yeah, man. It's 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 good stuff. And it's funny how uh, Barry shows up and he's back on the stage where he was with the kids. And he's like, uh oh, you know, I guess the show's over. And he goes running out of there and goes and finds. Uh, uh, I, at first, I thought it was Iris here. Yeah, he says Iris. And he's like saying to her, like, honestly, uh, if I read this in your newspaper, they'd figure it was pure fiction because he kind of tells her what right. went on, I guess. But and that's when he mentions Gardner Fox at the end. He says, oh, he, he's he's thinking here. It's a thought bubble. He's he says. The only ones who'd really believe it would be the readers of Flash comics. That's why I'm going to look up Gardner Fox, who wrote the original Flash stories, and tell it to him. And <laughs> like, where'd you get it, that idea from? Breaking the fourth wall here. He's like kind of looking right at the reader. <laughs> they did that a lot, though. They were they they broke the fourth wall. Especially Superman did that a lot. It, it just seemed to be a thing. Mm-hmm. Talking yeah. to the readers, you know, back then. It's interesting, man. There are just uh, so many interesting um, tropes from the Silver Age that I always find funny that they can't, that they they can never do now, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, you know, so like we said, very, you know, simplistic kind of story, but still pretty good, pretty fun, and the art was fantastic. So, yeah, and obviously, like we said, it ties the Silver Age and Golden Age and Earth 1 and Earth 2 together, so... Yeah, definitely a book people need to get out there and get, no, you know, trade or digital or whatever and get read it. Yeah, it's definitely worth a read, especially if you, you if you're a fan of history, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you're yeah. a fan of, you know, like I, I'm a fan of history. I like to read as much as I can, uh, you know, in, in regards to comics. So I kind of want to know, you know, like if, if a book is if a current run that I'm reading is referencing a book, a lot of times I'll go find that book. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and, and it just adds some texture to what you're reading now. And, and, you know, there's nothing wrong with, you know, learning what came before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Totally, totally agree with you, man. That's like I said, something everybody needs to get out there and check out it's just for the history. And or if you're a big uh, Flash fan, definitely got to read it. So you like cheap comic books, right? Well, I'm Professor Allen. And I talk about cheap comic books on the Quarterbin Podcast. In every episode, I'll dissect a single comic from my collection, as long as I paid no more than 25 cents for the issue. Forget about $4 new comics that you can read in four minutes, or crossover events that can cost 100 bucks to collect. Join me in the Quarterbin, where even bad comics are a bargain, and good ones are a steal. The Quarterbin Podcast is part of the Relatively Geeky Podcast Network. Visit us at relativelygeekypodcast.blogspot.com or search Relatively Geeky or Quarterbin Podcast in iTunes. I guarantee it'll be worth every penny. All right, well, why don't we transition now into what you have going on here? So why don't you talk about the books you produce? So you produce your own comic books. You, you know, have a, a, your, own, your own company that uh, independently publishes them and everything, uh, Visually Stoked Media. So why don't you talk about that? Right. Uh, Visually Stoked Media has been around since about 2014, 2013, I want to say. Um, my, I published my first book, uh, Heat, my character Heat, um, back in 2015, uh, did a three issue miniseries on heat, 
uh, I like to tell people um, that there's always this idea that when you get superpowers, you are emotionally and intellectually prepared to be a superhero, and it's really not the case. Um, and that's what kind of heat is. Heat is the story of a, a guy who gets to fulfill his wish of being a superhero and then fails miserably. And then the story is what happens after you fail miserably. Like, how does that, you know, deal with you? How do you deal with that, you know, intellectually, emotionally, um, mm-hmm. on whatever level, you know, what do you do? How do you pick yourself up to actually become a hero instead of playing one? Um, it's very influenced by Static, uh, Spider-Man, Green Lantern. Um, I'm trying to think of other things. Invincible was a big influence for me at the time. Um, just the story of a young guy, you know, getting a massive amount of power and needing to deal with it. You know, that's Heat. So mm-hmm. I've been, I was doing Heat. I've been doing Heat since about 2015. I've done a three-issue miniseries. Uh, I've done a graphic novel, 70, 70 page graphic novel, um, wherein I talk where I delve more into his family because a lot of superheroes are like orphans or they've got like just one parent. He's got his mother, his father, his sister. Like he actually has a family that he has to contend with. So I wanted to mm-hmm. do a, a, a story focusing on them and then focus. It focuses on one of the members getting cancer. And so he has mm. to kind of learn how to deal with that. And then on top of that, he actually has to contend with this super powerful uh, uh, villain who seems to have his number and he can't beat him. So on one hand, he can't beat cancer. And then on another hand, he can't beat this guy who seems to be more powerful than him. So mm-hmm. I did that, I think. Gosh, I don't even remember the date. It had to be like 2019. That'd mm-hmm. be about 2019. Yeah, because uh, I had finished it because uh, my mother passed from cancer and it was kind of my tribute to her. So it was about mm, 2019 cool. where, 2018, 2019, where I did that book. And now I'm doing an ongoing series for Heat. Uh, I'm trying to do about three to four issues a year. Uh, I do all the artwork, mm-hmm. I do all the writing, the lettering, the coloring, everything. So, you know, I move mm-hmm. as fast as I can. Um, the <laughs> first book of the miniseries is him dealing with um, a little bit of social justice issues where, you know, uh, he's dealing with uh, police officers who are abusing their power. And then on the Mm -hmm. flip side, the government has decided that they have kind of, they're tired of his, you know, illegal because in their world, in the world of heat, super abilities are illegal. Mm. So they have decided that they're going to send their best people, which is their government sanctioned uh uh super team after him so you know i just started that i'm actually about midway through the second issue hoping to have that out by october and i also just launched a book called strong which is the story of a young woman who becomes the strongest superhuman on the planet but for her you know she wants to be a she wants to help people more so than quote unquote be a superhero and she abhors violence, but you know, she Mm. she uses it when she has to, but it's a uh, 32 page one shot. I did all the writing, the artwork, everything for it. And it's really um, kind of a, you know, she, she meets a reporter who wants to write a story on her. 
And so mm -hmm. it's kind of a ride along. The entire issue is kind of a ride along. This woman, this woman reporter gets to ride along with the superhero and not learn more about her. And in turn, you know, Strong learns about her and it just becomes this dance on getting to know, you know, two show, you know, two people who have their guard up, you know, trying to let the guard down so that they can get to know each other. Uh, so that's that's what I've done with uh, Strong. But, you know, Visually Stoked does a lot of things. You know, I've done some graphic design work. Um, I've done illustration. I've designed tattoos. You know, I'd, I've done websites. You know, I'm kind of whatever creative thing that, you know, comes across my path or whichever, whatever creative thing that I want to do, you know, I, I just do. Cool. Yeah, that's really good stuff, man. Like, yeah, I think I the first time I noticed your stuff was at, it must have been at a show, or I'm thinking it was somebody's coverage of a show. <laughs> it might have even been Terrificon. Maybe yeah. Terrificon. I've been yeah. around. <laughs> yeah, that's probably where it was. It was probably coverage on Terrificon I was checking out, because that's a show I've wanted to get to for years, and it just, it always seems to work out that it's on a weekend where I'm on like a vacation, my family or something's <laughs> always going on that I can't get there. I'm just like, man, next year I'm going to that show. And Terrific as... is great. It's, yeah. It's, it's, it's a, it's a great con. Um, I have done well at it every year that I've done it. So it's why I keep doing it. I get a lot of, um, I get a lot of love, a lot of return readers, um, which I, which I always appreciate. Um, nice. but it, you know, I'm based out of Connecticut, so it's just a drive away, mm -hmm. uh, just a what, 45, 50, maybe hour drive, you know, not that far. Mm -hmm. um, so I just, you know, I, I support it anytime I can. I did it this year, had a great con, but yeah, you know, I mean, I'm, the heat is slowly, but surely, um, getting a little more known, a little more coverage. I've, I've seen, you know, the progress that I made over these last few cons that I just did a few weeks ago, you know, more and more people knew who I was before I had to really fully introduce myself. Oh, cool. Which is kind of cool, uh, yeah. you know, for somebody who's been, you know, working so hard. You, sometimes you don't get to see the the fruits, you know. Yeah. But yeah, um, so those are the two titles I'm doing now. Um, I can give you a scoop. I can mm -hmm. give you a scoop. Okay. I am working on a right now in my head. It's a trilogy of horror comics. Nice. Uh, graphic novels. I'll be doing the graphic novels. I'm not going to tell you what it's about, but they will be digitally drawn. Um, I'm, I don't know when it'll be done. Uh, I, I just kind of started writing the script for it. Uh, I'm going to squeeze in uh, the artwork probably closer to after I finish heat number two. Um, probably around like, you know, November, November, December, I'm going to try and, you know, really get it in. I want to have it done by next con season. Yeah. But yeah. I've always wanted to, like I told you, I love horror movies. Cool. And I've always wanted to kind of step in that and do something less superhero -y, hero, heroic mm -hmm. and more so, you know, just different. It was either going to be fantasy or horror. And I was like, well, let me try horror first and then we'll try fantasy later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good. Two great genres right there that I really love, too. So, yeah, looking forward to hearing about that. Oh, yeah. I'm a, I'm a fantasy guy. I love Lord of the Rings. Uh, I haven't seen the new show yet. I'm, I need to get around to it. I'm, I'm, I've been terrible at that. Um, love Game of Thrones. Um, 
I, I that's those are the kind of fantasy stuff I like. And that's the kind of fantasy I'd probably start writing about. But awesome. So well, how about we talk about you have a podcast as well? And it's a very neat, interesting podcast. I've jumped on there a couple of times when you did a live stream to check it out. And it's I think it's a pretty unique show. Why don't you talk about that? All right. So I've actually got two podcasts. Okay. <laughs> so uh, my first podcast, with the first podcast, podcast I've done actually is tonight. Tonight uh, it's called Top 5 Live. Um, and we, it's me and Morgan Iverson and Danny Quick, uh, two comic book artists um, who I've been, you know, lucky enough to, to fall in their good graces to be allowed to be a part of it. Um, <laughs> but it's a show where we kind of talk about, you know, sometimes we, for a little bit we talk about topics that you know things that have happened you know this week but the real draw of the show is when we you know we pick <clears throat> we pick a topic and then we all give our top five of it and then basically sometimes we make fun of each other sometimes we try and convince the others that we're right they're wrong but we then give the the viewers the option to vote on it uh-huh. all right so that's yeah. that's tonight at eight um, everything you could, you know, every all these shows you can watch um, on our YouTube channel, Top Five Live, but you can also watch on Facebook. You can also watch at visuallystoked.com. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the first one. And then my podcast that I launched about thirty some odd weeks ago is called the Stoke Podcast. Um, I co-host it with my cousin Jamari Stokes, and mm-hmm. every week live at Thursday at eight, we talk to different entrepreneurial people, um, mm-hmm. different entrepreneurs where, you know, comic book artists, I've talked to directors, I've talked to casting director, I've talked to um, a young lady who had her own line of um, uh, self-care products. Uh, I've talked to, you know, all types of people across genres, across industries. Um, and I just kind of give them an opportunity to tell their story uh, their their entrepreneurial and creative story. And then, you know, we talk about some fun things, you know, things that they're interested uh, in. I'm pretty good at relating to people uh, on multiple levels. So, you know, you know, people usually want to talk to me about music or movies or TV or whatever. But it mm-hmm. really, you know, the point is to give people an opportunity to, pit, you know, talk about their journey, talk about their business, talk about their products. Um, and also, you know, show people who they are, you know, put a face to their products and, you know, mm-hmm. and it's, and it's been a blessing, man. I, I've enjoyed it. Um, it's a little more work. I put more work on myself than <laughs> I expected. I did not have, I did not know doing a podcast was this much work, but you know, it has been helpful in, you know, and, um, creating, um, you know, avenues for which to network as well mm-hmm. as, you know, promoting my own stuff, you know, and, yeah. you know, I just, I enjoy, I just enjoy talking to people and both of these podcasts give me the opportunity to do so, but also give me the opportunity to get to know people and learn. Like I've learned so much about uh, everything. I, I had a guy uh, a couple of weeks ago talking about NFTs and cryptocurrency, stuff that I had no clue about. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I remember one the one episode I listened in on to was really good where 
you had a, a guy on and he had been doing a lot of work with like uh, community work and outreach programs kind of work and stuff like that. That was a really good episode. I enjoyed that quite a bit. Oh, uh, was that the one with the guy who, who's giving money to different businesses? Yes, yes, they were helping yes. out businesses. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Oh man, his name forgets his his name's. Oh, I feel so bad. I forget his name. Um, I, I I I'm gonna he's gonna kill me. But yes, that was a great show. Um, and it, like I said, it just pro- helps provide me with a different perspective on certain mm-hmm. people. Um, especially when I have people come in from the comics industry. Um, getting to hear their story and how they got into comics and they, how they be, you know, acquired their success, you know, is just a way to be like, okay, well, if they did that, let me try that, you know. Um, yeah. Like I said, the guy who came on to talk to me about NFTs, I I thought NFTs were just hogwash, but mm-hmm. the way he explained it to me was in such a way that I saw the value and I saw the, you know, the potential in doing and possibly doing NFT myself. So it just it just helps me to like get to know people and it helps people to give an opportunity to to show a side of themselves that, you know, most of their customers, you know, potential customers wouldn't see. And I try to do it in such a way that nobody feels embarrassed and nobody feels like ambushed or anything like, you know, I mm-hmm. talk to, you know, I let them know, hey, do you mind if I talk about this before the show? And you know, most people are like, hey, I'm game for anything. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. That's that's awesome. Like you said, it's it's fun to hear about other people's journeys, especially just how they got from where they were to where they are and all the hard work they put in. It's it's that's a really, really good show. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm I'm proud of it. Uh we're about thirty two, thirty-three episodes in. Um I don't know. I doubt there's an end in sight. I'll keep doing it as long as people are willing to keep coming on it. Yeah, that's great, man. That's good to hear. So, all right. Well, I don't want to keep you too long here, man. You know, you got. I've uh, enjoyed this. This has been great. I love talking comics. Yeah, man. Love talking comics. And hey, you threw it out there about liking horror comics and horror movies and all that kind of stuff. So, hey, we'll have to uh, sit down again in the oh, future, yeah, absolutely. man. Absolutely. One of the one of the the best horror comics I'm reading right now is is I wouldn't I don't know if a lot of people would consider it to be a horror comic, but uh, the Immortal Hulk. Oh, okay. Yep. I've heard a lot of people talk oh about my that. God. It's, it's, it's good. definitely body horror. <clears throat> Excuse me, body horror. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's a very good book, very well paced. It's very much not a superhero book. Um, it's it's so it's so good. But yes, I'm I'm welcome to come on and, and talk horror movies, talk, you know, whatever. Awesome. Sounds great, man. Yeah, well, this has been a lot of fun. I'm glad you uh, could join me here. This has been great to talk about this one. And then, like we said, maybe some more in the future. Absolutely. And like I said, anything uh, anything about me, if you go to visually stoked, visually stoked.com, um, you can, you know, you can find out. If you Google my name, I'm pretty sure it comes up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, if you find me on Facebook, I'm more than likely I'll, I'll you know, I'll accept a friend request mm-hmm. um, as long as you're nice. If you're not nice, <laughs> I'll let you go. But uh, yeah, you can find anything on visuallysoak.com. All the podcasts, all previous episodes of the podcast can be found there. Mm-hmm. And, um, you can get all the comic books. And I actually um doing a kind of a, not a, like a collection of the first three issues of Heat and the graphic novel. I'm doing a full collection. It's going to have some extra pages with some cool things in it. 
Uh, it's for nice. pre-order right now. Should be available in October, uh, mid to late October. But you know, if you want to pre-order it right now, you know, you can do that on visuallysoaked.com. Awesome. Do you have any shows coming up, or you, you did you pack it in for the season? No, not yet. I'm still trying to squeeze a couple of them in. Uh, I am going to be at Baltimore Comic Con. Uh, oh, nice. October. Um, I, I'm trying to do a couple. I'm trying to do one in, in November. And then even I'm going to try and do one in December, but I don't have anything on deck. Um, a lot of these cons haven't opened it up mm-hmm. to other people to come in because they're in you know, November and December, but I am trying to do this, but I'm definitely going to be at Baltimore Comic-Con. I don't, do I have my table? If I have my table, I have it. I don't know. I haven't looked, Um, but I'll be there. I'll have more than enough marketing up soon, but I am looking forward to that con. And uh, next year I'm going to be everywhere. Awesome. Yeah. Baltimore. I've been to that show a couple of times and had a fantastic time. And this year it's uh, October 28th, 29th and 30th. So, yep. Yep. Uh, it's, it's supposed to have a ton of creators there. Um, and I'm going to do my best to stick out from the pack, but Hey, listen, I, I never have a problem before. I doubt I have a problem now. <laughs> no. Hey, yeah. You'll have a good time there. I'm sure you'll meet lots of good people. I've met lots of good people there too. It's good times at that show. So. Okay. Looking forward to it. Awesome, man. So, yeah. So thanks for joining me here once again. I really appreciate it and look forward to having you on again. And then uh, I'm going to get out of here and then uh, come back in and wrap up the show in a minute. All right. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Could it hurt them to show me just a little respect? Tell me about it. I've been at this longer than you have. They still treat me like comic relief. Better than being treated like a teenage sidekick. I mean, I was one of the original seven. Tell me the truth, Ralph. Do I seem immature to you? Not in the least. Ah, I bopped your block off! That's, that's not fair. The green guy's arms are longer. Are not. As promised, we're surrendering ourselves to your authority. Where's Batman? Running late. The Batmobile? It lost the wheel. The Joker got away. That's what I heard. Slacker! Child! Clown! We have no place here among the world's greatest heroes. Says you. I got a seat at the big conference table. I'm gonna paint my logo on it. Never doing that again. This was a great idea, Wally. I can't remember the last time we've had a chance to catch up. Mostly my fault. I've been pretty busy in Central City. I want to hear all about it. I saw some of it on the news, but it's not the same at... I'm sorry. I thought we were having dinner tonight. Is it Tuesday? Silly me. Making dinner plans with two beautiful women on the same night. Uh Uh-huh. We can do this another time. Don't be ridiculous. We can all have a meal together. It's a chance for us to get reacquainted, patch things up. Assuming we want to. Now there's an example of exactly the kind of thing we're not going to do anymore, right? I'm telling you, once we clear the air, everybody's going to be pals again. I always thought the reason you two don't get along is that you're so much alike. Like her? You weren't going to eat that, were you? 
You guys aren't even trying. You could at least talk to each other. The pasta's good. It's the sauce. This isn't gonna work, is it? Not a chance. Hey! Where you going? Come on! I had dinner with two women at the same time. Because I'm a stud. Looks like the question was right all along. I kill you, and then Armageddon. Right on schedule. No! Are you going to fight me, boy? that wraps up this episode uh, once again i'd like to thank javon for being on the show good guy i mean he's a new englander of course he's a good guy right <laughs> so definitely check out his uh, podcast and definitely check out his comics like he said uh, visually stoked uh, media is really cool he's got some really good stuff there and again he's a workhorse he writes uh, draws letters he does everything wholesale with these books so a really hard working guy there good guy and uh you know definitely worth a look at his stuff so check it out in uh, the show notes all right take care everybody thanks for listening